Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Well, good morning, Christy. How are you doing today? Morning, Meg. Great to see you. Good to see you too, always. Um, I'm really excited for our guest today because he is the farthest guest that we have ever interviewed from the farthest place. I know. And you're not even going to know it because he has great, clear reception and it's incredible. I know. And he's such um, a genuine person that you will still feel the warmth from his voice, even though he's halfway across the world. So our, our guest today is a 2017 grad who studied business management and is currently the president and co-founder of the Bugumiro Foundation in Uganda. He, we're going to hear his story of how he got to Steubenville and then how he got back to Uganda. So uh, joining us live from Uganda, we have Eddie Wamala. So welcome, Eddie, to the podcast. Thank you, Christy, and thank you, Megan, and thank you to our listeners. I'm so excited to, uh, to be part of this. Yeah, so you. you are joining us in Uganda, and um, can you just start from kind of how you grew up, and you grew up in Uganda, um, and what that was like for you? Yeah, thank you so much, uh, uh, colleagues. Uh, like uh, they have said, I'm from Uganda, and um, I'm, fr- um, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking right now from Uganda. So growing up in Uganda was um, fun, <laughs> but a little bit challenging. Um, there was one really story I, w- I would like to share with you guys. Um, there was always a story which was uh, told of my birth. Uh, my mother was a very young girl. I think she was uh, about the age of 16, between 16 and 18. And coming from a very devoted Catholic family, my grandparents, very devoted Catholic fa- uh, family. And uh, in our culture, a girl who gets pregnant uh, with uh, not officially married in church or culturally, it's an abomination. So mm-hmm. it was a disgrace for my uh, mom to be uh, to be pregnant of me um, when she's still young and she's not, you know, um, uh, she's not officially married. So my grandparents were very poor um, at that point. They couldn't afford taking my uh, mother to a hospital for to give birth. Uh, to me and culturally when a young girl is pregnant when time comes for giving birth uh, you can't give birth under the roof the main house and the nearest uh, house which was there uh, at my grandparents house was a god's house and uh, they that's where they took my mom to give birth to me a god's house an animal an animal's uh, house and when I used to hear this story, I was ashamed of this story. And when I reached in school, 
um, my first school, I would like to share with you this briefly. My first school, uh, I did have a book. It was under a tree and I would write in the dirt and the teacher would come and mark me in, in, in the dirt. I would uh, make a joke when I was little that I have a big, big book whereby, you know, I just rub the dirt and write again and the teacher comes and marks the, the, the my book, which was dirt. So, Later, uh, uh, there was a priest who uh, got me a sponsor from Germany to pay for my school to go to a better school. Then I, when I went to a better school, that's where I found uh, well-to-do uh, children. And they would tell different stories about their home, about mom and dad, how, how they grew up. But I was ashamed of that story of my birth, of uh, being poor, being born out of a wedlock, a wedlock uh so I was ashamed of that. But a breakthrough came at the age of 12. Um, I was at the Uganda Matters Shrine, um, if you know St. Charles Luanga and the Companions. Yes. I was at the shrine and we, had, we were about like 10,000 people wow. and were praying and asking the Holy Spirit to come. We were just outside and I remember the priest talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he asked us to pray for one thing. And one thing I prayed for was, Lord, I'm so ashamed. I feel pain of being born in a very poor family in where mom and dad were not wedded in, 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 in church. And when I rested in the spirit, I, I just had this sense that, that Jesus was saying, you share the same bed with me. Mm. You share the same bed with me, your birth. And that moment really changed my way of looking at the poverty and poverty gave give a new meaning of my life. So uh, I can say I, I, I still struggled with it, but poverty gave me a new, uh, that sharing of Jesus, of sharing the same bed, gave me a new meaning of looking at the poverty. So briefly, that's how I grew up. And uh, uh, as a teenager, uh, I had very many ambitions of becoming a pilot and, <laughs> and all that. But the, the Lord had other plans for me. Yeah. And uh were you in like a small village outside of the capital or where exactly was that where you were writing in the dirt under trees? Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the village. Uh, it's like maybe six to seven hours away from the city and, you know, <laughs> writing in the dead and sitting in the dead. I had even parasites get into my legs and oh all that gosh. you had to get a penny to get all the parasites from your leg. So for me, it's a miracle when I look at my, <laughs> at my toes and I see, of course, some are really damaged because of the so many parasites. But now I, I look and say, who am I? Who am I, you know, to be, you know, to be a Franciscan alumni, you know, it's a miracle. <laughs> it is your, yeah. your miracle, you know? Wow. Yeah. Praise wow. God. Yeah. And so then, I mean, I feel like we could ask so many questions of your <laughs> life growing up. It's so different than what we know. Um, but how was it that you heard about Franciscan from the small village? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really long story here. And I'll really try to keep it brief uh, for, for, for you. Um, 
so growing up after, uh, like I told you, there, there was so much pain because of the poverty and, and all the disgrace. So I was closer to the church as a Catholic young man. And I, I, I felt God was calling me to priesthood. I felt, you know, I would sing a lot of songs of, of the church and people would meet me and be like, why don't you join the seminary? I was like, oh, maybe God is calling me to priesthood. Mm-hmm. And so I started searching after my high school i started searching where to go for um for for seminary one thing i couldn't join the seminary in in uganda because the diocesan seminary they uh they, they, there was a policy that your mom and dad have to be wedded in church for you to join the seminary wow. so that was an obstacle for me wow. um so i started searching on internet i searched on internet i looked at the religious orders and a beautiful i i found a a religious uh, order in Omaha, Nebraska. And <laughs> then, I, you know, I struggled to apply and my church fundraised for me and I was sent to Omaha. Uh, that was uh, in 2011. I was sent to Omaha and I was there. I loved it. But God spoke through one young man. Um, I'm cutting the story short here because coming in the States was very hard. I was interrogated for two hours at the customs because they asked me, they did ask me, why are you coming to the States? And I was like, God has called me here. And they couldn't understand that God has called me here. Oh, dear. Uh, So, yeah, I had to go through my... Uh, rosary beads I couldn't pray them because of so much anxiety because they were saying they're deporting me back home and I was going through the the beads of the rosary just saying Jesus I trust in you Jesus I trust in you and they let me go they let me go to to Omar but when I reached there there was a young uh, I think seven year old boy who used to come and to to the community and he loved me so much And, and one day he looked into my eyes and said oh you're like my daddy and it moved me I was like oh I think that was when God was speaking to me saying, you can be a daddy, mm. you can be a father, biological father. And that's when I, you know, I started deciding, I was like, okay, maybe God is just gave me this experience. I'm going back to Uganda to become a, a daddy. Um, um, I know my family can't afford sending me to college. So I came back to Uganda designing um, marriage, it was a disgrace for some people to know that I'd gone to seminary, now I'm back and and all that. Uh, So uh, while I was in Uganda here, I I was walking on streets and I met, uh, you know, I was going for adoration. Every Thursday I would go for adoration. I encountered one girl on streets and I felt God was asking me to speak to the streets kid, uh, this street girl, but I, I, I had a conflict within me because I had to go for adoration, my adoration hour, I want to keep this adoration hour, and um, the the I, I had a conviction within me almost saying, you've been coming for adoration, now encounter me in this young girl. So the brief story is that I encountered this girl who was on street, we ended up going to, to our home and she was, she was about eight years old. She was taking care of other two siblings and seeing the way they were living, it was in a, in a slum, uh, sewage was like everywhere. Mm. 
I remember going back to my small house, my small room I had, crying and saying, God, I should stop complaining about so many things, how I want to have a carpet in my house, how I, I want to have a soft carpet when I come from bed and land on my soft carpet so that I, do, I don't feel the coldness of the, of, of the floor and all that. So, <laughs> sorry, the, 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 the code Franciscan is this way. It's, it's really taking a long road here. No, you, you would be patient this is with great. me. We want to we go on yeah. this journey with you. Yeah. You know, everybody comes to Franciscan in a different way. And it's, it's good to hear uh, how the Lord works in different people's lives, you know. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, on street, I I, I I got this conviction that I should start an orphanage, and so I prayed. I said, okay, my call uh, as I left the the seminary and I'm signing marriage. My call is to love. My vocation is love. If I can love in any way, I can love that will be. So I I mobilized um, friends and we started making bricks and we started building. So while we started building uh, an orphanage, now we call it a children's home, but uh, then I was calling it an orphanage. I had a friend whom I had met in Omaha who went, who left also the, sem- the, the seminary, who left the community and went to Franciscan and was like, Eddie, you got to come to Franciscan. Mm. You got to come to Franciscan. And I was like, my friend, there's no way I can come to Franciscan. My family can't afford sending me to college, even in Uganda, not not, 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 Fran- not, not yeah. Franciscan. So he insisted. And I, and I told him, like, when I left the States, the government, the USA government, put an, an, a ban on me to enter back to the States because of my the way I entered the States, saying that God called me. They said, 10 years, you will never come back to <laughs> No. to this country. So I told him that I can't come back to the country because, you know, the government said I can't come back. So along the way, as I was advocating for the orphanage, I went to the UN offices here in Kampala, in Uganda. Six times they would, you know, toss me around, you don't have an appointment, you don't have anybody, you don't have an appointment. So the sixth time, the lady phoned me at the reception, this Irish lady, and she was like, okay, what's wrong with young man? I was like, okay, I, I think the UN could do better if they worked with faith-based organizations like the Catholic Church, like the, the Anglican, the, the Protestant Church. If, if they worked with these organizations, they have the structures which reach the most vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. So she loved it. She gave me the appointment that day. And that day I left when they had given me a contract for three months to do some consultancy with the, with the UN without a bachelor's degree, without, wow, wow. <laughs> without anything. And it's the UN which got me to come to New York to, uh, to attend a conference because the UN had an argument with the USA government saying if the, the headquarters of the UN are in the States, you cannot deny a mm. UN representative mm. to come. So that's how my ban was lifted of coming to the States. <laughs> Look at so, you. Very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I come to the uh, New York and my friend is like, you are in New York. You got to come to Francisco. Oh you got to come to Stephenville. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I come to Francisco and I attend mass and I loved it. I was like, when I attended mass, hearing my age mates, the young people singing in unison, it was like, 
hearing angels. Mm-hmm. It was like hearing angels sing together. And then I was surprised when people remained behind to give thanks after after mass to kneel and give thanks. And having visited New York and seeing everybody in a rush and running and then seeing these young people staying behind, you know, I was like, this is so beautiful. But I was like, no, this is not my place. There's no way uh, my family can afford sending me here. So after mass, I said hi to the priest, Father Dominic. Father Dominic shook my hand and looked in my eyes and said, you're going to be with us next year. <gasps> you know, that was in 2013. And I was like, Father, no, I'm starting an orphanage. There's no way. And there's, I'm going back home. So I come back home here. And my friend is like, we got to get you here. He talks to his dad and says, dad, just imagine you have another son and he has to go to college. And that's how I ended up at Francisca. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's amazing. What a powerful friendship you have with this young man. Exactly. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Miracles come true. And I remember when I was going to the airport and my mom was calling me. She said, from the bush to the States. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Only yeah. only God really could have written that. <laughs> God really did call you here. <laughs> so, which... It's true. God really called me. They didn't believe me at the customs, but I really do believe that God <laughs> called me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so which friar, which, because there's a couple Father Dominics here. Um, which Father Dominic? Was the pre was the TR that you talked to? Yeah, the the there was I can't remember the but he's no longer there. The, he was there in twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll have to look that up. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. you had already been to the states for a short time when you had gone to Nebraska, and then you know you yeah. go home and then you land back here at Franciscan. What was it like for you when you came on campus to be a student and to just be here full time? Yeah, that was a little bit challenging. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was real challenging. And remember the curriculum, the Uganda uses the British kind of curriculum. So I come in thinking I'm going to do social works. You know, I major in the social work. That's what I'm going to be doing. Right. And I come in and they talk about the core core curriculum. I'm like, right. wait a minute, why am I doing history? Why am I doing mathematics? I'm doing biology. Right. Why? Like, I already why? did this. Yeah. I already did this. Why am I doing all these things, you know? And so and then also um uh English being my second language. It, that was a little bit hard. So I had to record almost every class. Mm. So Almost, I would listen to those lectures two times after I've been attended, and then wow. go back and and listen to them again. Um, then uh, I had to do the the writing of the papers was really challenging for me, but I had to write my papers like two weeks ahead of time, send it to the professor, give me the comments, go to the writing center. So it was really. Uh, <laughs> A real challenging, but I really loved um, the community because I was so scared that I didn't know anybody in in the states. I didn't know anybody at school, and but the community of young people and 
being together, my household, the guardians, how I'd signed even to join them, who became like real brothers to me, even up to now, I keep in touch with them, even across the across the globe, uh, being part of the first force of praise as a leader of first force of praise and, and really having a team there where we are interceding together and coming together. So Franciscan really became our home, but winters were terrible. <laughs> winters... <laughs> Eddie, we have news for you. They're still terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So you joined, you said the Guardians. Is that right? That was your household? Yeah, the the Guardians of the Divine Whale. Yeah. That's beautiful. And now, did you lead music at the FOPs or were you worship? I don't even know right now how they're structured. So, um yeah, I was uh, uh, like a worship leader, the one who really speaks and, you know, um, yeah, who li- leading that way. Uh, yeah, the, the fabs. Yeah. So I, I did that for uh, almost two years. The first year I did it myself. And then the, the second year I did it with a colleague, Catherine Yanko. Um, it, it, it was very interesting to bring in a little bit of the African, <laughs> yeah. of the African groove. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. How was the spiritual life of Franciscan different than what you were used to? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I come in and they were like, oh, Franciscan has a little bit of charismatic to it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, getting excited to go check out the charismatic. I'm like, wait a minute, where's the charismatic here? <laughs> oh no. We're like tame compared to Africa, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, of, of course, culturally, we, you know, we do the drums, we, do, we express. And of, of, of course, the beauty of the Catholic Church, it, it embraces every culture mm-hmm. as, it, as it is. So we have a lot of liturgical uh, uh, dance. We have the... Uh, the expressive uh, way of doing things. And also the manifestation of different way of praying is really different. Uh, um, even the spiritual warfare, hmm. the, the spiritual warfare which you encounter in the States is a little bit different. I think it's embedded in the expression and in the culture. Hmm. And in, 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 in Africa also the, 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 the spiritual warfare you encounter is really so different. Uh, so it, it really took me time to really try to understand the, 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 the expression of faith, the expression of different way of, of the music. Uh, of, uh, uh, yeah, like, like, for example, a quick one is the Palm Sunday. So Palm Sunday is celebrated here. Uh, sometimes it's big, you, you know, the, before COVID. So we hold a branch of a palm. A palm, a branch, you know, yeah, a, yeah. a real mm-hmm. branch, and and mm-hmm. we sh- and we shake the branch, you know, we shake it, right. and while the the, the the priest is coming is processing in, we shake it, and some in some churches they even women you they throw their uh, uh, clothing and on, on the floor for the priest to 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 walk, and right. we shake, and then. Uh, uh, you know, we sing the Alleluia and the Hosanna, you know, very, you know, very loud and all that. And then we also make the a little bit of the noise, like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. because, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> because they, 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 we believe, we have kings, so Jesus is the king of kings, so we express that. 
but coming, you know, uh, when I was at Franciscan and of course, you know, that there are no palm trees so many, so we would get like a leaf. <laughs> so, and I would be like, Oh, I want a branch. Yeah, I want to <laughs> shake the branch. <laughs> you're like cutting, you're like trimming the trees at Franciscan. You're like, where's every, come on, everybody get your branches before we go into mass. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Different ways of expressing, um, our faith, which is so beautiful and which I really also learned a lot. You know, I learned the contemplative way of, of, of praying this, the power of silence prayer to, uh, which sometimes lacks in the, in the African church, the, 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 the silence part. Yeah. I know something that struck me when I went to Africa the first time, I didn't go to a mass mm. that was shorter than two hours for a long time. Yeah. Like it's a, yeah. it's a true celebration of a mass. It, exactly. In some here, if, if you uh, priest celebrates and takes that, I mean, so the, the people will be like, what's going on? Something is wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so during your time at Franciscan, were you preparing yourself to go back home or did you know, wh- like, where you were going to go next? Or how did that work being a student here? Yeah, so very interesting in 20, I think it was 2015, uh, yeah, 2015, uh, one year after. So I, I, I had an interview where they, they, they interviewed me a little bit about this. And I, I said, my dream is to start a not-for-profit organization, which is a ministry, if, if that's where God is leading me. Um, mm-hmm. But along the way, I was like, oh, okay, I, I, Wherever God leads me, I will go. If he wants me to stay in the States, I will stay in the States. If he wants me to go back home, I will, I will go back home. I was really open to where the Lord uh, was leading. And really, he took me on a journey after, after, after graduation. Yeah. Okay. So where, where did that lead you? What did you do after you graduated? Yeah. So after my graduation in 2017, I led uh, a team of five young men from Franciscan Mm. to Uganda for a mission. So it was a private mission. It wasn't a Franciscan mission, but we came here to continue building the children's home and also to minister to the sick and also to minister to the children in school. Uh, We also did an outreach to one old lady who uh, the house was really falling on on how we built um, a brick, really good permanent house for 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 her. So I led that mission, which was a month long uh, mission to 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 my village. Um, while we are there, uh, uh, my friend, my good friend, my one of my best friends, Brennan Avila was graduating in the same year, we were praying and seeking God's mind of what we, we should be doing and what we, we, we need to do. And God was showing us, you need to, uh, you know, uh, I'm leading you to a ministry, a ministry which will bring healing and hope to the most marginalized uh, families. And um, it, 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 the Lord was showing us it's beyond the orphanage because when you just do the orphanage, you're not addressing the root of, of the problem. Mm. And really, even we had the Lord saying Africa shouldn't be having orphanages given its cultural context where we 
everybody's family almost you know an extended family should be able to take care of the of the of, of the of the other children by the time the children run to the street then there's a problem in the family structure so we felt god was calling us to go back to that point uh, of, of, of family so brendan avila and i we we, we were like okay we gotta pray more we gotta design but if we're going to design this, we got to stay together. we got to stick together so that we can continue hearing God's voice. So that meant uh, Brennan couldn't stay in Uganda. I had to come back to the States. And the government, to allow me to come back to the States, I had to have a job. And the only job I got was to work at the farm to take care of the pigs and the chicken and the ducks um, uh, in Maryland. So I fly back to, to the States. I go to Maryland. And uh, Brendan, who who is, is from Michigan, you know, he had a job. He's like, okay, if we're gonna sign this thing, I gotta we gotta stick together. I'm coming on a farm to work with you on a farm. Mm, wow. So he comes. We take care of the pigs. We take care of the goats. And we, we were sleeping in the in the barn. Um, so we were there for for three for three months where we were signing there. And uh, were like okay what next god you know it was a time of suffering really because it was like okay the farm the barn and taking care of chicken ministry how are these mm, uh, right. you know connected at all it didn't make any meaning and sometimes even when we share with people they would discourage us and be like it's not gonna happen what what you what you, this the people who start like a not-for-profit organization there are people who are retired they have a lot of money mm. you're just students from college so we, we, we prayed and we heard the Lord was asking us to go to Pittsburgh. So we drive, we pack everything of ours in a small car. We start driving to Pittsburgh and Brennan is asking me, where are we really going? I'm like, I think God is calling us to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so we, we drive to Pittsburgh and we reach Pittsburgh. We didn't have a house where to stay. And I'm like, okay, now we're stuck. I call my household brother who I knew was in Pittsburgh, if we could stay at his house. And he was in Canada that day. And I was like, oh man, we're gonna be on streets. We don't know where to go. We don't have enough money to go stay in a hotel. We can't start renting, renting because our credit scores are very low. So we call him again and we are like, hey, is there a way we can sneak into your house somehow? <laughs> and he's like, what's happening guys? I'm like, we are go we're gonna be on streets, you know? And he's like, okay, guys, I'm changing my flight. I'm going to come from Canada. I come uh, to, to back to Pittsburgh, but I will arrive late in the night. He comes in the night, so at two uh, in his house, but he was waiting in two weeks' time. So he was like, okay, guys, you're going to stay here for a few, one week because I'm waiting soon, and you're going to find a, another place. So we started calling the parishes. Where can we stay? And a friend called a friend, and a friend called a friend, and wow. finally we, we found uh, a friend who could house us for a uh, a friend of a friend who could house us for a, a month. Uh, and eventually, I applied for a job at Catholic Charities, and then I applied for a job at Saint Raphael and Sacred Heart Parish in in Morningside in uh, in Pittsburgh. I ministered there. I worked as a social minister. While we were there, we kept on designing, and in 20, uh, 2019, February, we incorporated Bugumiro Foundation Uganda in the States, a miracle coming true, and uh, Bugumiro gets uh, the name, and that year, I designed that God was calling me back to do the operations back in Uganda. I, It was a very hard decision to make because the parish 
wanted to work on my citizenship of becoming an American. Mm. Uh, they, they had gotten the lawyers to apply for a green card and it was very hard for me to turn it down. But I heard the Lord was saying, go back home. Wow. Oh my gosh. What a, what a roundabout way. You know, if looking at it objectively without eyes of faith, I'm sure a lot of people would be saying, what are you doing? You know, driving all these places and working on a farm. And here you were just trying to listen mm-hmm. to the voice of God saying, just seeking. What do you yeah. want? What do you yeah. want? What do you want? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it felt so crazy. And there was a lot of depression too. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I will be vulnerable here. Uh, when I was in Pittsburgh, there's a time I couldn't work because my visa had expired and the government was not allowing me to do any job. And I was staying home just praying uh, for about, uh, I think, two months or three months. And I was so depressed. I, I felt so depressed. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any meaning. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So what what is your foundation doing today? What does it look like for you now? Yeah. So God has been real moving powerfully with the Bugumir Foundation. So uh, we have an education center, an education center where we approach education in a holistic way to um, to really educate children, uh, mind, soul, and body. So we have like what would have called a primary school or a grade school. And um, we have over uh, 160 children at, the, at, this, at, at this school. Wow. And every parent who enrolls the child, the whole family is enrolled in the in Bugumiro Foundation because then we go to minister to them. We do, we do counseling, then we do praying and deliverance. Uh, we do have prayer crusades where we, 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 we pray for people for healing and for deliverance. Like, like uh, our end of year, we had over about uh, 10 people testify. They had witchcraft and they were surrendering to God uh, about that. So uh, the other side, we have the young adults. We, we empower them spiritually, but also economically uh, and socially. Uh, we we have supported them to start a, a project, a God's project. Uh, we have a sponsorship program. Uh, people who are willing to sponsor uh, kids here. We have uh, about 40 kids on our sponsorship program for, for the children in primary, in secondary, and tertiary. Um, we do do a lot of home visits to pray for the sick. And really, we are really open to what the Lord is leading Um Wherever the Lord is leads, every day is always a surprise for us here. Uh, we we are hoping to have the children's home uh, completed, and that will not be an orphanage, really. Uh, as I was shared with you, it will it will be like a transition home, as we are seeing uh, the, the extended family, so that we put back the child to grow in a family setting, uh, not in not not in an uh, not in an orphanage. I'm excited to say. God is showing us he's going to open up a hospital at Bugumiro. I don't know how. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen because the next hospital is like like four hours away and people are dying of headaches, malaria, and mm. diseases which you feel maybe they would, you know, they may not die if it's not their time to go to the Lord. So that's what he's saying. He will open it up. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how. I, I, I don't have the funds. I, I don't have the property. But God is going to do it. I want to share with you guys one miracle, which happened. A quick one. Okay. So we had 
a, a water problem in the in the village. Their borehole broke, and uh, the the only water source which was there was like a pond where the animals come and drink, and uh, the people were getting the water. So I was scared that we're gonna get sick, and you know some people were getting sick. Um, but I, and I was like, okay, God, we we need to pray here. The next village is far away. We need to get water. We don't know how we're gonna carry the water on our heads. We started praying for a bicycle, God to give us a bicycle so that we can go to the next village and to be able to, you know, to, to, to get the water. So we prayed for the bicycle and I talked to a few uh, friends in the States and they were like, oh, sure, we can donate like 200 to buy a bicycle. And I was like, oh, great, we got a bicycle. But I was like, wait a minute, maybe we can get a well. Yeah. And we prayed and I'm telling you, we prayed for a bicycle. God gave us a well. Now we have a well. We have water running. And oh my we have gosh. a well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you like, so, okay, God, I need to ask for bigger things instead of the bicycle. I always need to be asking for the well, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So wow. the hospital is coming. The hospital is coming. Uh, I don't know how, but it's, God is saying he's going to take care of his children. The body is going to take both the soul, we say yes, Lord, and um, it's so beautiful. We have Brock, uh, one of the Franciscan alumni, who said yes to the Lord, and can, now she's here for a mission for the whole year. I'm like, God, you're amazing! Mm. You know, I that prayed for an Aaron to come and help, and she said yes. Uh, uh, yeah, so yeah. This is this is such an amazing story. You're such an inspiration to us, Eddie, and and saying yes to the Lord in really big and and even small ways, and just seeking, you know, seeking what the Lord wanted in your life. So thank Amen. you, thank Amen. you so much for sharing thank all you. of these beautiful stories with us and sharing the work of your of your foundation. We're so happy to be thank able to listening. lift it up, you know, and hopefully mm -hmm. have some other people listen to your incredible story. Do you have do you have any advice? Um, uh, what, what would you say to a student that's in, attending Franciscan today? You know, do you have any advice for their future, or their person? Yeah, I would quickly say to any you know Franciscan student, be open to where the Lord is leading you. Study as if that is your calling, and also if you graduate, take that profession as your calling. See Jesus in that call and live that calling and really God God will God will fill you with so much and please give yourself away. Give yourself away and you receive. Mm. That's awesome. I'm inspired. <laughs> Eddie, thank you so much. Before we go, we have a few hot takes from the hill that we like to ask all of our guests just to wrap up their Franciscan experience and story. So we're just going to ask you a couple questions that are like rapid fire that you could just answer first thing that comes to mind. So yeah. our first question is, who is your favorite professor on campus? Uh, James Held was a, a philosophy teacher. Awesome. And what about your favorite class that you took? The Theology 101. Wow. And that was that with um, Dr. Harold? No, that was uh, Jacob. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. And how about your favorite friar or your favorite um, religious 
on on campus? Ooh, here I would say I have a friend and I have a sister. Father oh, go Nathan for it. Is my favorite. Uh, Father Nathan is the, my favorite fire, the joy and the smile. And uh, Sister Sarah's, who I worked with the, the festival praise. I, I I think he's no longer on, on campus now, but she was my favorite too. Oh, that's great. I love that. Um, it's always good to hear how how many different friars and religious have touched the lives of different students. I think almost every single person has said someone different on mm-hmm. the on the podcast. So I love to hear that. All right. How about your wow. favorite? I know. I know. How about your favorite place to study when you were in kid? Sounds like you studied a lot. So where is your favorite place to study? <laughs> the, the golf course. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. You just go up there and listen to your lectures again and read your books. Exactly. <laughs> I would go there and listen to my lectures again and listen to Dr. Harold again. <laughs> <laughs> on repeat. On nature, just like you studied at home. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And finally, what was your favorite thing to do off campus, whether in Steubenville <laughs> or someplace else? Yeah, household retreats were my favorite things. And one thing we'd do while we were there, my favorite thing was tree bending. Tree bending. So I would bend those trees. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Is this like a guardian's activity or would you just take oh, anybody? Yeah. Okay, guardian's oh, activity. No, it's a guardian thing. You got you to gotta get to the guardians to know what it is. You know? <laughs> That's great. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Gosh, well, Eddie, before we go, how can our listeners learn more about your ministry and get involved if they're so moved? Yeah, I would say a quick four points, how uh, five points, quick one. First, really pray, 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 pray for us as uh, we start. We are very young. We are in our stages. Pray for us. The second thing, how you can get involved is by coming as a missionary. We are open to short term, minimum of two weeks and uh, long as a one year uh, missionaries. Uh, we do have the sponsorship program, like I shared before. The primary child, uh, $30 can sponsor a primary child, a secondary school uh, student, $50. Institution can be $90. Uh, a month and we are currently also um, would love to have more kids but we were we stopped the kids from coming to school because we didn't have enough structures we can't pay the teachers I pay the teachers like $90 a month Uh, it has been really hard to really keep uh, that up and we, our classroom is a tin it's like a tin building It's, it's a tin this guy is made of a tin. Wow. So we are looking forward to building more and really pray, 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 pray for us. And hey, if you're called a medical, if you're into medical field, maybe one day you're going to be a doctor <laughs> at Bogomiro. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can reach us uh, via our website, Bogomiro, which is B-U-G-U-M-I-R-O, Foundation Uganda, B-U-G-U-M-I-R-O. Bugumiro Foundation Uganda, or you can just uh, send me an email, ewamala at gmail.com. Wamala is W-A-M-A-L-A, ewamala at gmail.com. Awesome. And I should have asked this at the beginning. What does Bugumiro mean? Yeah, Bugumiro, it means we find our strength in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Eddie, I would say that the community and the children um, at Bugamiro are very, very blessed to have you. So thank you for your witness and your call and for saying yes to the Lord in so many ways and also just changing the lives of the people in your community because it sounds like incredible things are happening because of your yes. So thank you for, for saying that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Megan. I know you to your yes. You're really uh, touching us and you're bringing Christ uh, uh, to us through your ministry, working with us, the alumni, and keeping us as a family. Really, I do appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you so much, Eddie. It has been a blessing. So. so we hope to be in touch and look forward to seeing how your works are going to grow and be led by the Spirit. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening and thank you for yeah, long listening, a long story. And it's always my pleasure to really share what the Lord is doing. And hey, we uh, they, they defeated the evil one with the power of their testimony. So we mm. keep bringing all those testimonies out. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill. Legends from the Hill.